Hi, and welcome to Resurrection Church, where Dr. Joseph G. Matera is the senior pastor and presiding bishop. We are committed to serving our community and the community abroad. We pray that the word you are about to hear will be a blessing to your life and that you allow the Holy Spirit to open your heart and receive what the Lord is speaking to you. You start talking, that countdown begins. You guys ready back there? We're Y'all ready to have fun? No pressure. All right. Well, I'm going to start all things with prayer, of course, so hopefully that doesn't shave too much time off my 10 minutes. Uh, but Father, thank you for today. God, I thank you for this opportunity to bring glory to your name. Lord, I pray that you would speak through each message that is preached today, Father, and that you would minister to everyone here by your word and spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is really cool, and I'm really excited for today. I'm going to try to contain my excitement and not preach 100 messages in the next 10 minutes. Um, actually, when uh, Carissa, Pastor Michael, and myself were figuring out the order of who's going to preach today, uh, Michael asked, who wants to go first? And within the same minute, Carissa actually said, I volunteer Santi. So I didn't even get an option to choose uh, how the order is going to go today. So um, you're stuck with me first. Um, but today we're going to be discussing uh, delighting in the word. That's delighting in the word. And the scripture I will be reading from is Psalm 1. So if you have uh, any of your uh, Bibles with you today, I'll give you a chance to turn to that. And this psalm teaches us how to live a blessed life in right relationship with God. And the way that we're going to be looking at the psalm today is in three different sections. Section 1 being verses 1 through 2, section 2 being verse 3, and section 3 being verses 4 through 6. So the psalm begins with, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. So the psalm begins in a similar way to our Lord Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus described the blessed in the world. In a similar way, this psalm describes the people in the world who are blessed. And it is those who meditate on the word of God night and day. And not only that, but allow the word to invade their heart and uh, dictate the way they walk, stand, and sit in the world, basically their actions. Um, and right off the bat, the psalm has now divided the world into two different categories. Those that delight in the word and those who delight in the world. So, we see, what does it mean to delight in the, world, in the word? And the psalmist illustrates it as being blessed, being prosperous by God. That those who are delighting in the word of God will walk a certain way. They will stand a certain way. They will sit a certain way. Likewise, those who delight in the world are also going to walk, stand, and sit a certain way. Their actions are going to reflect where they are delighting, who they are uh, take pleasure in, where they are deriving their nourishment to walk in this life. So we see two different categories, and the psalmist presents it to us to ask ourselves, where do we find our delight in? Where do we derive nourishment from? And 
in the next verse, it describes what it means and the results of what being blessed by delighting in the word are. And the song reads, And he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. What's interesting is that it describes the person who is blessed as being planted. It is not someone who is being constantly moved, shaken, and um, going around the world seeking new outlets of nourishment. But God is calling us all to be planted. And it describes the person as a tree planted by rivers of water. It's very similar to the illustration that the Lord Jesus gave to the Samaritan woman when he told her, all who come to me, I will give living water that springs up unto everlasting life. So this is a shadow of the water that Jesus was talking about, and it functions in a similar sense, that we are to be planted by these rivers of water, and that we derive our nourishment from it. This water is the source of life for the trees that are planted near it. And what does the water do? Well, the psalm says that it will cause the tree to bring forth fruit in its season. The trees are going to bear fruit. And when the Bible describes uh, us uh, people, the people of God as trees and as vines, bearing fruit, being connected to the true vine, that is Christ, Bearing fruit is an image of our good works that is pleasing to God. That when he comes to us and sees us bearing fruit, he takes it and purges us so that we bear more fruit. And when the trees that are planted near the rivers of water are bearing fruit, they're showing themselves to be healthy trees functioning as they are supposed to. And these trees that bring forth fruit, it also describes them as having leaves that don't wither. Wouldn't it be great to be a tree with leaves that do not wither? This withering is how God cares for these trees, us who are the people of God being planted by his rivers, caring for us in a way that we do not fall into corruption. We do not fall into corruption. Our leaves do not wither. We are visibly healthy trees to all who walk past this forest planted next to the rivers of water. And lastly, it describes us as being prosperous in whatsoever we put our hands to. Wouldn't it be great to just shoot a hundred for a hundred? A hundred percent of the time you are prospering in what you are doing. The psalm shows that this is possible if you delight in the word of God. If you are delighting in the word of God, you are walking according to the purpose that God has set before you. The purpose that God has set before you and only you that only you can walk in. And you will go forth and bear fruit. Your leaves will not wither. And you will prosper because God says that he works out all things for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So these are all great promises. These are great promises and it's a no-brainer that if you are going to be planted somewhere, it should be near the rivers of water. But what about the other category? Those that aren't delighting in the word. Verses 4 through 6 tells us the promises for that category. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. What you notice 
is that the psalmist describes them as chaff. Now, chaff is the, the dead, withered part of grain that's on the top of the plant when it grows and it gets blown around in the wind. It's not even connected to what the grain is. So he lists out an illustration of chaff being blown around. Now, if you notice, the chaff is what's moving. The river never moved. The river is very clear on where it is and how to be planted next to it. It's the chaff that's being blown around that has not been planted near the river. And the reason that there's a category of chaff and a category of a healthy tree being planted, it's because the chaff has planted themselves in their own pride. By being planted in their own pride, they are uh, being counseled by the ungodly. They are standing in the way of sinners, and they are sitting in the seat of the scornful, and they are seeking to do it all on their own. Why? Because they're not planted near the river. They're not planted near the river of water. They think, I don't need to be planted. I can just sit here and get all my nourishment from myself. But let me tell you something. The psalm is clear. It promises that the way of prosperity, of blessing, of bearing fruit, not having leaves that wither, is by being planted near the river, the living waters that flow to everlasting life. I don't know if there's anyone here that feels more like chaff than they do like the tree that is planted, but let me tell you, the river is calling you to it today. That God has called us all to be planted, not in the world, not to delight in the world, but to delight in him, to delight in his wisdom, in his judgments, in his righteousness, and ultimately in himself, because he will care for every tree that is planted near him, he will cause every tree to bear fruit that is planted near him, because he is the source of life that gives nourishment to every tree that gets planted and rooted in him. So... If there's a word that you get from this message today, it's to be planted in the word of God and to delight in that word, to let that word invade your heart and change you and transform you and renew your mind, that you would be a tree that bears fruit, that has leaves that do not wither, and that prospers in whatsoever you put your hands to. All right. It looks like my time is up, so thank you today. And God bless all of you. Dude. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just want you to know you're awesome. Thanks, Mike. You're and if that was 10 minutes, I can't wait to see what 30 or 40 minutes does. So y'all give it up for him one more time. All right, the next person I know most people will know, um, she happens to be dating Santi, and so, but she is also on staff here. She is a ball of joy, always high energy, and just fun. If you guys would give it up for Carissa Matera! You're gonna kill it. Hello, everybody. Me and Mike switch places today. Usually I'm the MC and he's the preacher, so I hope you guys don't mind. <laughs> All right, well, today I'm going to be talking about God delighting when we find comfort in him. So I want you guys all to turn, if you have your Bibles on, you have your phones, you know, same thing, to Isaiah 57, verse 18 to 19. That's the scripture I'm going to be using for today. 
So it says, verse 18, I have seen their ways, but I will heal them. I will guide them and restore comfort to Israel's mourners, creating praise on their lips. Peace, peace to those far and near, says the Lord, and I will heal them. So basically what's going on here is Israel is mourning. They're struggling. They have challenges because of their sin. They're facing a lot of difficulties in their lives, and they are in deep need of comfort. So here in this scripture, this is God's response. So he's telling them in the passage how he's going to heal them. He's going to restore them. He's going to bring peace to them and praise to their lips, essentially comforting them during their struggle. And reading the scripture, it reminded me so much about how a parent comforts their child when their child is in distress. And um, it, it reminded me that just as a parent delights in comforting their child, so does the Lord delight when we find comfort in him. And it made me think of all the times <laughs> where in my life where I'm upset, I'm hurt, and I'm struggling with something, a situation, and I'm going to my parents crying, you know, broken down, everything, <laughs> and how much they loved having me in their embrace. That although I'm going through something right now, it was joyful to them to be able to uplift me and, and nurture me and be that person to help me get my strength back and help comfort me in my time of need. <laughs> and it's the same thing with God, you know? He's our ultimate parent, so it's the same exact thing. And in the scripture, you can literally feel the joy that God is portraying from being able to lift Israel up from their brokenness. He says, I will heal. I will restore. They, there will be praise on their lips, peace far and near. He is joyful that he can offer this to people who are struggling, people who have turned away from him, but he's still joyful to be able to be that comforter just as a parent is, is a comforter to their child. And even though that this is a situation of hurt and pain, and it's not a joyful situation at all, the scripture speaks joy and life into our lives, reading it, which is so powerful because that's exactly what God does. Um, and when we are vulnerable with God and honest with him about what we're struggling with, it brings us to that deeper level of intimacy with him. And part of the reason why God enjoys being our comforter so much is because it brings us closer to him. And when our guard is down and we're allowing him to go deeper into our lives, we're actually entering into a new stage in our relationship with him, just as you do with friends that you open up to and parents and people in general that you open up to. Those are deeper stages in your relationships. And when we enter into this new stage, we realize that not only is God our comforter, but he's actually the perfect comforter because he understands us better than anyone. So our, our parents are great comforters to us, but not, we're not perfect because we're, not, we're human. 
but God is the perfect comforter. So all the more come to him with your struggles because he knows exactly what we need, exactly what to say, exactly how we need to feel at that moment, where we need to be built up in our own minds and, and where our weaknesses are because he's the perfect comforter and enjoys that. And um, recently, when I was praying, like about two weeks ago, um, I, I was just struggling with a lot. It's been, um, as I'm sure for everybody, a very intense year full of a lot of transitions and um, just tough things that I had been wrestling with for a while. But I wasn't telling God. I wasn't telling him my frustrations. I wasn't explaining things. In my prayer life, I was just praying for Regular things, all good things, you know, I'm praying for my friends, I'm praying for the church, for wisdom, for more understanding and faith in his word, but I wasn't expressing my full emotions and how I was feeling. I wasn't expressing my full self and going into that deeper level, um, but I just, I broke down. I cried, I told everything God I told everything to God that I had been feeling, that I had been frustrated with, dealing with, just everything that was just weighing me down, and I just let it go, and I couldn't stop crying for, like, hours because there was just so much that I needed to tell him and vent, um, and it felt so good after I shared, after I opened up, because I broke through that boundary that was in my relationship with God, allowing a deep comfort that I had never experienced before to come into my life. And God delighted in that. He found so much joy in that. It wasn't a burden to him that I unleashed everything. Just like all of our struggles, none of them are a burden to God. He says, come, and he will bring praise to our lips. It brought him joy that I would choose to come to him for comfort, and it brought us closer. And God even honors when we're vulnerable with him. He honors when we, when we choose him to be our comforter because he also loves that exclusivity. He loves that he knows he is the perfect comforter. He loves that when we know that he's the perfect comforter. So it's not just something that's good for you because it's great to be able to get comforted, but God also honors it because he loves it too. So not just we love it, he delights in it, which is awesome. <laughs> um, and I just want to encourage you, you know, there's a lot of people that you can find comfort in, a lot of things that you can find comfort in, but how many times have we gone to somebody and just unleashed everything and we felt like, yes, they're listening, but it's it wasn't like, yeah, you enjoy listening to their problems all the time. No, but God actually enjoys when we trust him with our full heart, not just when we trust him when we're feeling good, not just when we trust him with, like, all the great things that are happening in our lives, but when we trust him with every emotion that we're feeling, with every circumstance that we're feeling, with every single thing that's going in your life, just trust God. Find your comfort in him because he finds joy in that and it brings joy and peace and life to us. Just like the verse says, I will bring praise to your lips, peace far and near. And these, this, is, this is the Old Testament, so how much more now with the new covenant is that true? 
<laughs> How much time? I have a minute and a half left. <laughs> so I just want to encourage you guys that God will restore you, that he will bring praise as he promises here because this is a book full of his promises. Um, and that God is never tired of being your comforter and that he enjoys it. And I just wanted to encourage you all to continue to find your strength, your refuge, your peace through the ultimate perfect comforter. Y'all give it up for it one more time. I love that. I love that. And, and I'm going to just wrap things up, and, and I will stay under 10 minutes. <clears throat> we'll sit. Why are y'all laughing at me like that? Don't laugh at me. <laughs> I'm going to make a believer. I almost said a, a wait, did I totally? I'm just going to, yeah. I think I'm getting a Justin Bieber believer. Mixed with belief. All right. Man, here's, here's what I want to kind of just wrap up with. And this is something that's been on my heart all day. And I believe that it ties into what Santi's saying. And I also believe it ties in to what Carissa Kit was saying. Um, one is we need to be planted by that river. We need to have that Holy Spirit moving and breathing and speaking and being the source of our life. Two, we absolutely need to go to him whenever we are in anguish and frustration and be able to pour our heart, be able to pour our soul out to our Heavenly Father and allow Him to comfort us. And, and you know, I love, I, you know, Chris, I don't know what kind of place you were in a few weeks ago, but I know I've been in that place where you've just, you got no one to go to, no one to talk to, and God's like, yeah, you should have come to me first. But that moment you go to Him, man, it just, just, it's, it's, it's life-changing. It truly is. And it reminds me of what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 3. He says, and I'm just going to kind of bounce over a few different things. He says, I count everything a loss, this is verse 8, because of the surpassing worth and knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. I count everything uh, a loss. He, he says in Philippians chapter 2, to live is Christ, to die, what are you going to do? You're going to kill me? I gain Christ with that. I gain Christ with this. And, and so there's this theme today, and I love how the Holy Spirit just orchestrates it. And it, the theme is ultimately this, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the source. Jesus Christ is our comfort. He is our, our portion. He is our, our present and our need. He is, he is every aspect of it. And, and this is something that I, um, I can relate to where he says this in, in verse 12. And, and he's talking about obtaining righteousness, obtaining holiness. He says this in verse 12. Not that I've already obtained this or that I am already perfect, but I, <clears throat> excuse me. But I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Meaning like we are Christ, we are a part of Christ, and Christ is a part of us. So it isn't just that we get Christ, Christ also gets us, the children of God. And then he says this in verse 13, brothers, 
I do not consider this, and I've made it my own, but one thing I do, and someone needs to hear this today, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on to the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And, and so I've been thinking this week, what is it that causes us to get distracted? What is it that causes us to get off the good path, to, to get off the path of righteousness? And I, I think it's really, you can kind of put it down into two things. And, and here's my two-point message. Number one is the accuser. The accuser is seeking out to lie to you, to destroy you, to, to come against you. And what the accuser does is he's going to start implanting these little lies in your head. And then what happens is you start to believe those lies. And then you become in agreement with those lies. And those lies then start to press into your identity right there. The accuser, hey, I don't know if you know this, his name is Satan. And he is seeking out like a roaring lion whoever he can devour and destroy. But you know what? We know how the story ends. And the story ends with Jesus coming back as a conquering king. And so here's something I want to challenge all of us with is that whenever we, we start feeling these lies, whenever we start you know, getting, getting told, and, and here's the thing, whether you grew up in a great family or a bad family, every one of us have got family issues that we've brought into our adult life. Every one of us. Maybe it wasn't your parents. Maybe it was an aunt or an uncle. We've all got this that we've brought into our adult life. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. That is not your identity. Your identity is a child of God, as Santi was saying. Your identity is that you can have peace with God, as Carissa is saying. Your identity is that Christ is in you, and you were in Christ. And he loved you so much that he sent his son to die a brutal death on that cross so that you could have right standing with the Father. So don't believe the lie of the accuser. Then the other thing that I believe keeps us from, from moving forward is sin, unrepentant sin. And man, this is something, I, I, um, uh, what's the guy's name? Bishop, help me out. It's, it's Thomas Merton, C.S. Lewis, someone said, some theologian who's dead. Um, and so, <laughs> that's horrible. That's horrible. Look, anyways, all right. So some theologian, all right, but um, God rest their soul, uh, says that, that the, uh, the life of a believer should be marked by confession and repentance. The mark of a believer should be marked by confession and repentance. And we look at repentance as this bad thing like, oh, i got to repent. No, repentance is, as Carissa was talking about, you go to your father and you say, Lord, I'm frustrated and I'm angry with her and, and the subway's done this and I've just got this bitterness and I need to repent for everything that I'm dealing with internally. And you know what happens at that moment? The peace of God. The peace of God ends up falling upon you and resting upon you. This burden that you've been walking down with that's been enslaving you and holding you back starts to crumble and fall off. And here's the thing. As our identity being in Christ, that peace, that forgiveness, all of that is already there. All we have to do is obtain it by confession. By confession. And so Paul, he's writing and he says, This is one thing I do. I forget what lies behind me. Well, what's lying behind you? Sin, the accusation of the accuser, a false identity, um, the confusion in your family. I'm going to forget all of that because I have been redeemed. I am set free. I'm a child of God. I have got his DNA in me, his blood flowing through me, and I'm going to look forward to the goal. What's the goal? Christ Jesus. You want to take my life? Boom. 
I win. I get Jesus. You want to persecute me? Guess what? I still get Jesus. Oh, you're going to put me through trials and tribulation, and my boss is going to start yelling at me? Oh, let me tell you about Jesus. Jesus is my goal. Jesus is my sustainer. Jesus is my provider. And he says this. He says, I look at what's behind, and I strain towards the goal that lies ahead, which is Christ Jesus. Well, how do we strain? I thought we weren't supposed to be striving. Let me just put it this way. I'm going to pursue Jesus at all costs. I'm going to pursue a life of righteousness, a life of holiness, a life of getting into the word, of like a life of going to my Father and crying out, Father God, I am broken right now. And it's at those moments that, man, God does something powerful. And there may be some of you right now, you are going through certain moments in your life. You're going through challenges in your life. I was listening to a sermon last night on my way down here through the book of Revelation, and I'm telling you, it's a phenomenal series that I'm listening to. And this this pastor, it's Pastor Matt Chandler, he was talking about how our African-American brothers and sisters, how they would sing these slave songs whenever they were in the cotton fields. These slave songs that they would start rising up Because the slave owners would take the Bible and anything miraculous, they would remove it from the Bible so that they didn't believe that God actually answers prayers. But it was passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation to generation. And what happened was you have these African-American men and women in the fields and taking care of of everything in this, this horrific, horrific period in American history. And they would start piping up a song in the middle of them working. Oh, I'm not even going to attempt to sing. But I'm going to look forward towards the goal. I believe that there is a Redeemer. I believe if he took the Israelites out of Egypt, he can set us free. And the African-American community started prophesying that into existence and worshiping God and looking towards the goal. You know what? You can beat me. You can destroy me. You can rip our families apart. But we've got Jesus. In the same way Job cries out, I know that I shall see my Redeemer, and my Redeemer lives in the land of the living. And I'm telling you, church, that God right now is raising up a bunch of living, breathing people that are going to be a mighty army of God who are going to look towards the goal, who's going to push everything aside and say, you know what? We get Jesus. The end of COVID, we get Jesus. Persecution in America, we get Jesus. I've got cancer I'm dealing with. I'm going to get Jesus because he is everything and everything else. I count a loss for Jesus. So I'm out of time. So this is what we want to do. We just want to create a space right now for those who might need Jesus in this place. And if you're sitting there saying, Pastor, I don't don't know. I'm telling you, you need Jesus. We all need Jesus. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, man, I cannot encourage you enough to be able to do that. It is the best decision, the greatest thing you could ever do. You're going to go through hard times, but Jesus will be there with you. So if you've never given your life to Jesus, if everyone would just bow your head and just close your eyes, I just want you to just raise up your hand right now if you've never given your life to Jesus, and I just want to pray for you right where you are. We're not going to single you out or anything. And maybe there's some of you who you've just been kind of teeter-tottering back and forth. Maybe you've grown up in church and you've walked away 
and you've got that thing that you've been dealing with that you just don't want to talk about, if that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand. Thank you. Thank you. If we could just say a prayer right now, all of us. Dear Jesus, God, I admit I am a sinner. I'm in need of a Savior. And so I ask that you make me clean. That you be my everything. I accept your forgiveness. And I welcome you as Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Listen, if you said that prayer, we, we have got um, a, we have a gift for you. It's the Next Steps book that, that we would love to be able to hand to you and, and um, get that out to you. And, you know, maybe you said it and it's going on internally and you didn't raise your hand. If, man, Pastor Millie's in the back right there. If you would, Pastor Millie, just wave your hand. We would love to get that to you. The other thing that we want to do as we close out is we want to create a space for God to be able to speak and move and breathe through the power of prayer. And so I'm going to ask us all to just stand to our feet at this moment. Amen. We pray that you were blessed by this word. For more information about our church, please visit our website at resurrectionchurchofny.com or give us a call at 718-436-0242. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at reschurchnyc. Take care and God bless.